Welcome to Season 3, Episode 8 of the Loaded Bases Podcast. Always, I'm Nick Wilson, joined by my co-host, Alessandro De Janeiro. Yes, sir. Uh, we got some topics to discuss today, as always. We got uh, the Jeff McNeil extension. We're going to run through that. The Frankie Montas shoulder injury and what that means for the back end of the Yankees rotation. Uh, the Yankees have a crowded infield right now, but uh, is there enough talent among that those options uh, to compete for the division title? Uh, we're also going to go into the bracket. We have the 2023 Loaded Bases podcast free agency bracket. We've assigned points uh, to the guesses that Alessandro and I made before the season started, or the offseason, rather. We're going to get into that and see uh, who has the most points at this point. So without further ado, let's get into it. following sports program is brought to you by the Loaded Bases Podcast. This is New York. Everybody late. Everybody. So, I will say, the Jeff McNeil contract, um, it's interesting because I've been seeing a lot of people argue that like he the Mets fleeced him like you see these like pod I don't know these like Instagram pages that are like Mets centric yeah they're I don't know there's a lot of them out there but well I think anytime that somebody signs a team-friendly deal or it's perceived to be a team-friendly deal not saying that it was if it's perceived to be a team-friendly deal they'll be like oh they fleeced him just because in the age of that we're in now the players getting insane amount of money yeah I mean well so when I first heard it the amount kind of seemed actually pretty right to me. Like it was it for those who don't know it, Jeff McNeil, uh, this week signed a contract extension with the Mets. Uh, it's a $50 million deal over four years with a club option, uh, $15.75 million club option for, uh, a fifth year. And how old is he in that year? Um, in that year, well, he's 30 turning 31. So he'll be like turning 36, I think about, about 36. Okay. Um, so, I mean, when you break it down, I think it actually is pretty simple. Like I, the math kind of maths. Like if you look at, he's thirty. He's going. He's would have been going into free. He's thirty-one now. Um, so he would have been going into free agency in like two years. So he'd hit free agency at thirty. Um, he's he's gonna, thirty right now. He's going to be 31. thirty-one. So he'd be thirty-three. Or something. Yeah, yeah, thirty-three. Um, so if you look at right the free agency tracker, MLB trade rumors has been doing this for forever. Like past 12 years um he was they predicted that he was going to get 6.2 million dollars in arbitration mm-hmm. um he filed for 7.75 so i mean he won the he won the batting title he was an all-star uh he had a six war season yeah like i would imagine for argument's sake you could even say like a 7.2 million dollars seven million dollar Deal, right like that yeah. seems like if they settled where they had settled uh but even for argument's sake right so um it's also not unheard of that'd be his like his arb ne- uh, his arbitration next year it's not unheard of for you to see like an 100 percent increase like if he has another great year which is conceivable you're now looking at potentially 12 to 15 million dollars right so you kind of just do the math like let's say you didn't extend him uh, if he, uh, let's say, I don't know, he gets seven million dollars uh, this year. Next year he gets twelve. A good comp for me is like Michael Brantley. Like in twenty nineteen, Michael Brantley 
signed that two million dollar or that two year extension for sixteen million dollars a year. They were around the same age. Jeff McNeil has slightly better weighted runs created plus. Uh, that's like fifty one million dollars uh, versus twelve point four twelve point five million dollars for four years. So. I, I think it's. I just wonder how even. much like negotiation went on because I mean he did have a six war season. He was coming off the best season of his career, but he had put those numbers up before, albeit in twenty nineteen, which was the juice ball year. I just wonder how much negotiation went. On. I mean, good for him. I I, there's, I guess it's just different. Everybody's different. Like some people, you put fifty million dollars in front of them, and they're going, "All right, I'm taking that." Like yeah. you know what I mean. So it's just like I'm surprised a little bit. Like I'm not surprised. That he accepted an extension. I'm happy that he accepted an extension. Happy for Mets fans. I love Jeff McNeil. I'm just a little bit surprised that he didn't get a little bit more money. Yeah, I mean, again, like if you kind of because it's twelve point five or whatever. Yeah, but like, but the crazy. thing is, but the thing is though, like he would have hit free agency again at like thirty three, thirty four. So right, 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 right. It's like how much. At that point, well, you're not going to get a long-term deal, so you might as well just make more money now yeah. and then have he, the security. He doesn't like, have the leverage because he had two years of ARB, and in those two years of ARB, they're like, well, but then don't you take into consideration like how much, I mean, yeah, I guess you're right. I mean, because how much would he have made in ARB this year? You said it was 5.7? No, he, so it was like uh, predicted by MLB trade rumors. I just think they're a solid like source. They predicted six point two million. Assume it's in that ballpark because that they're never like that off. And also, like if you look at arb three years or arb two rather, that's kind of what you make. Like around five. Like if you're a good player, you make five, six, whatever million. Like, um, and yeah. again, he's thirty one. So right, you know, and that's also with incentives. Like the new the MLB the new structure, they give you incentives for for certain things like all-star appearances, silver sluggers. Like, so those things are factoring in an extra, like, you know, $500,000. So it makes sense. Like the math kind of math there. It's very similar. It's kind of like, I don't know. I think it's just a good decision. You, you just have him as a lifelong Met. Now you just re locked up Brandon Nimmo. Like now I think Pete Alonzo might look at this and be like, Hmm, you know, um, good clubhouse situation. So, right. Yeah. And I and you just look back, and I know that this is like a very Mets fan take, but like every time something like this happens, I can't help but think about a few years ago, this would absolutely never happen. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Hey, come on now. So that's basically. Brighter days, baby. Brighter days. Yeah, that's honestly as much as much thought as I think should be put into that because it's just pretty common sense. Right. The Mets did not fleece him. He did not fleece the Mets. Like it's just a good. It just econ makes economic sense for both sides. And yeah. Um. I kind of like that. So, yeah, that's pretty pretty simple. Um, so, moving on, uh, you and I have some disagreements on this, but Frankie Montas, um, it was reported, you know, early in the winter that he's going to, he's 10 weeks, uh, 8 to 10 weeks behind, excuse me, uh, his rehab assignment. He was already nursing that shoulder, um, and so now he experienced more shoulder inflammation, and it's looking like um, it's not clear whether he's on a throwing program right now or if he resumed throwing, but it's looking like he'll miss at least a month of the season. And if you remember that the shoulder injury that caused him to lose velo in the middle of the season, um, he, when he missed, you know, time in July uh, and he missed, I don't know if he missed time with the Yankees, but he was not as good with the Yankees. Um, you know, he had like a 6.35 ERA with the Yankees, like, it's the same injury, and and I'm not, I'm not sure what to make of Frankie Montas, but 
the thing that the thing that I wonder is, what do you do with the fifth starter spot? Right. Yeah. And you and I have been going back and forth off camera because I'm a huge off camera, off <laughs> awful, off whatever. Uh, off cam, baby, behind the scenes. Um, yeah, you and I have been talking about this because I'm wouldn't say that I'm a huge like Clark Schmidt fan. But I do think that if you look at... I'm a Clark Smith fan. Well, I, I, but I'm like, how do I put this? I think that when you talk about... I, I can't help but when I think about Clark Schmidt, right? So he's 27. He's got one option left. You look at Domingo Herman, who's probably the other option. Yeah. He's a free agent next year. He's an extremely like... I would say arguably like the intangibles of like consistency. He's a very, you know what you're going to get for the most part, but you're going to get a pretty fucking average pitcher. Like he's not like, he's good. He's fine. He's your fifth starter. He keeps you in a ball game, but he's not special. So I'm like, why are we not seeing Diego Garcia get more starts? Why are we not seeing Clark Schmidt get these starts? Why does it feel like Domingo Herman is like locked into that role? Um, you and I, I guess, like, disagree. I know Clark Schmidt is a very incomplete player. You know, he's got a very subpar, at times special, but really subpar fastball, like that sinker, not super great. Um, you know, he's got two pretty fucking great pitches that he commands well in the slider uh, and the curveball. But it's weird to me that, like, he's a starter, but somehow doesn't really have a great fastball. That seems problematic. Um, command's not really an issue. And also he didn't really start a single game last year. So we'd have to ramp up. So what are your thoughts? I mean, I just feel like you have this amazing former first round talent in Clark Schmidt. He's getting older now. He's 20, he's turning 27. Again, as I mentioned, one option. Why not take the chance on some of these younger players as opposed to someone like Domingo Herman, who's not the future? Yeah. Well, I mean, I, first of all, I just want to be clear. I, I, I don't think it's not an issue. I definitely think it is an issue. Um, where we were disagreeing and where the argument was primarily was what was a bigger issue. Was it the pitching with the five spot or was it, you know, their infield, their left field, and how that correlates to their offense? I do think that that's the bigger issue, though that seems to be a separate argument right now. I'm going to get into the left field and the infield after. But... With the pitching, I mean, the Yankees have been kind of patchworking their pitching together for the past few years, and we're just talking about the five spot right now. But they've they've patchworked that five spot together for the past five years. I mean, for the past few years, and there was a period in twenty twenty one. I had to go back and I had to look at it. I should do a better job of having it right away. But where David Garcia was starting consistent games, and and was and started a playoff game in Cleveland. Um, it definitely wasn't in Cleveland. It was definitely somewhere else. But I'll, I'll, th- I think I'll, it was the Twins. It was no? the Twins. Yeah, maybe it was the Twins, and got smoked. Um, but the problem is, is, is that it's not that it's it's not that the Yankees. Let me rephrase this: the Yankees have a bevy of options that they can turn to, all with upside tremendous upside with I would say the exception of Domingo Herman because you know what Domingo Herman's going to give you they have Frankie Montas who's going to come back from his injury high risk high reward that he comes back in middle of May 
they have Clark Schmidt, like you said, former first-round draft pick, who they apparently love. And he did pitch, albeit he didn't start. So he did not start the um, – he only started five games last season, Clark Schmidt. He pitched 14 less innings or 12 less innings than Domingo Herman. So Yeah, but none of those innings for Clark Schmidt were – or I think maybe one was more than three innings or, or no, more no, no. than – once, once you got into August, he pitched three to four innings consecutively, and he pitched a lot of three innings in relief throughout the season. If you look at his game log, three innings was his max until you get to about August, and then he pushes it a little bit further than that. And the same thing with Herman. Herman was going about four or five innings a game. Um, a couple of games he went deeper – the thing about Herman is that Herman doesn't lose you games. I mean, I know that's such an old cliche, but the Yankees win when Herman's on the map. I mean, it's just there hasn't really been too many games where Herman's blown up and been egregiously bad. When he is bad, it's highlighted because of his off the field woes. Whatever, we're getting off track. My point is, is that there's a lot of upside and a lot of options at the five spot where I don't think it's panic mode for the Yankees. That doesn't mean that it's not an issue, but they can turn to Montas. They can turn to Schmidt. They can turn to Debbie Garcia, who is supposedly going to be starting on the Major League roster in, when the season begins. They can turn to Albert Abreu. So that's one, two, three, four, five options right there, including Herman, for the five spot. Wait, you said? Albert Abreu, um, Debbie Garcia, uh, Clark Schmidt, Domingo Herman. We're missing somebody. I mentioned somebody before. And then they also have they have guys that are coming up in their bench. So all I'm saying is that, and then on top of that, they I would argue that they have probably the best one to four, if not like top two or three, definitely best one to four in the American League um, in terms of their starting rotation. So their starting rotation is solid. Now, I'm not saying that that's, that's not an issue, um, you know, because God forbid something happens to one of those four, then shit starts to get a little haywire. And then also, if you want to criticize the Yankees on not being more diligent with starting Clark Schmidt, I agree. I said that a bunch of times last year. I mean, I, I even thought he started more games last year than, than, I, than I previously realized. So I actually do agree with that. And the Yankees have a consistent reputation of kind of doing this but the reason why they're doing this is what I'm getting to, the point that I'm finally getting to, is that the Yankees are a team that is always in contention. And it doesn't matter what month they're in. They don't mess around. Actually, going crazy. Outside. They don't mess around. So if, if they run a guy out three or four times, it doesn't matter if it's the middle of May or if it's June or if it's April, and they string together a few bad starts, they don't have a whole lot of patience. And that's why they're able to turn to Domingo Herman for the three or four years, like, third or fourth year in a row. And honestly, he's gotten the job done. I mean, he's gotten the job done. Yeah, he's a, a quote-unquote replaceable pitcher. He's also posted a five-war in three seasons. I mean, uh, it's fucking it's, good. I mean, yeah. No, it's like a, like a five-war. So, I mean, well, first of all, if you look at similar players, who because I looked into this like earlier today, it's like you look back. Now, granted, uh, you know, Domingo Herman missed 2020 because of his suspension, but you're not accumulating that much more as a fifth starter in that time anyway. And you see names like Luke Weaver, Brett Anderson, uh, Johnny Cueto. Like these are very like he's an extremely replaceable player. I will I would also say that like you know more so today than ever, pitching is 
pitchers tend to develop later. Like you see, okay, like the all-star top of the, the, like the cream of the crop, like pitchers, yeah, that, you know, Sandy Alcantara, like come up at age 23, 24, dominate. Um, but most pitchers that are, you know, today are many pitchers, uh, it, it, it's up and down until they're about, you know, three, four, five years in the league, at which point they're in their, you know, mid to late 20s. And right. I think that the Yankees haven't really given their pitchers that chance to, like, make mistakes. And I think that if you look at now the Yankees' rotation, you know, okay, you have Luis Severino, who's a homegrown player. You had, uh, you know, um, Jordan Montgomery, which I still don't know why they traded, but for he was a homegrown player. But if you look at their rotation now, it's like now it's just mostly veteran free agents, and that there is some there. That's not bad. Like I think you absolutely should supplement. But I think that they would have had more depth, like real starting depth. Like say what you will about you know Albert Abreu, but like I don't know if you're getting more than fifty to seventy five innings max out of Albert Abreu. Like, right, but they they have five options though when Montas comes back, which he's coming back in May, and that then is almost a positive. Because they don't have to then, like, force Montas back so quickly from injury in the middle of May because they have so many different options that they can turn to to the fifth spot that he can take his time to get back. And then they can also have their time to see if he's going to be a liability or not or if that shoulder is going to hold up or not. They have that, that flexibility, and they also are set with at least the depth to provide them the security blanket. And then on top of that... They have a bunch of assets that they could potentially trade if they want to. Now, I would have liked them to um, trade for Pablo Lopez. That would have probably been a little bit expensive, but I think the Yankees are in a position right now where they, you know, they're going to have to pay the, pay the price eventually. But at the same time, I don't blame them for not getting a Pablo Lopez because you have to wait to see if Montas is going to can be what they expected him to be, or at least come close to that. You have you traded you traded for him. You have to see if he can. He's barely pitched. You have to see if he can come fulfill that. And he's only going to be out until May, which is about like what thirty games into the season, thirty five games into the season. We think. I mean, we it's think so exactly. But they shoulder, still at least yeah. have like these. They have these all these separate options that they can keep going to. And you know that at least one of those options, which is Domingo Ramon, can hold down the fort. Not cons- like hopefully you don't have to keep going to him. But if you did have to keep going to him, it's not the end of the world. Yeah, no, I largely agree. I just think that, and I do think they're going to stretch out Schmidt. I, I agree, but I, I also they're going to give him a lot of opportunity. I would say though that you sort of end up spiting yourself. It's like this vicious cycle because no, it's like, I agree with that. You had like I do think that they have a number that. of options, but these would have been like better. Op- like I, how do you know how much <laughs> you can get out of Abreu as a starter if he's only pitched like, you know, X, you know, under 50 innings, under 75 innings in a season. How do you, the same with Schmidt, like same with Debbie Garcia. If you'd given them more time before you would have had a better situation toward in the back end. Um, and honestly, Dominican Herman, like very replaceable. I'm not like super, like, even if it doesn't work out with Schmidt, like Michael Walker sitting out there on the free agent market who could probably give you the same thing you're going to get from no, Herman. No, no, no. Yeah. So right. anyway. Um, all right. So moving on, we want, you want to talk, or I think really you were more adamant about this than I was just the, the infield situation because I, well, look yeah. At, yeah. I, I look at this and I see a team like last year, which I still don't fully know what to make in that year. They had, exactly. such, it was such a weird, like, exactly. Sit, it was just such an aberration altogether. It's like you have this really great roster, 
and then it's like pl come playoffs and you're like Matt fucking Carpenter but then he like turns up and he does so well you're like wait I don't I, my head hurts I don't understand well Matt Carpenter didn't turn up and do well in the playoffs he was no no right 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 but I, that but, was but, because but, he hadn't but, had a, that was because he hadn't batted since August no but right right I'm I'm flipping it he was right, amazing right, right. before yeah. the playoffs and you're like yeah, like you exactly. think oh yeah. the Yankees fifth hitter and then it's like Aaron Judge like yeah you, you know he's gonna have another great year but is he gonna re you know repeat a year like this like probably not so you know MVP level possibly but like again so there's a lot going on there statistically and then it's like you look at the offense and it's like you have DJ potentially Rizzo first you have Glaber at second and maybe DJ as well but right. again DJ is like right. the turf toe thing and so if you look at the outer rims of the depth, you have like Donaldson and IKF and then the Peraza and Cabrera. Yeah, so let's just go through it quickly. So, I don't know what to make of this. Right. Uh, so the and do yeah. you think they should do more at this point? Also, I'm kind of adding that on in on now, but like, well, okay. So let's, let, we'll get to that in a second. So, so let's just think about it in terms of not only like, like defensively. Okay. So let's just think about it like a couple ways. Let's think about how it affects the offense and then also just defensively in general. So, the first thing to remember is that Stanton is your DH. Now, they're going to try to play him in left field sometimes, but he can't really do it like... he can't. We know that he can't do it on a consistent basis. It doesn't like deserve any more conversation. We just know that. It's unfortunate. He plays better when he plays in left, but he can't do it consistently without getting hurt. It's unfortunate. He's the man. I still love him. Anyway, so the DH spot is predominantly... Let's say 75 to 80% of the time going to be taken up by Stan if we presume that he plays 140 games this year. Okay, whatever. So that means then we're talking about Josh Donaldson at third, IKF at short, Glaber Torres at second, Anthony Rizzo at first. Then you have DJ LeMayhew, who's like, okay, well, we're going to put him in at like one spot in every place. But then you also have Peraza. Then you also have Volpe, who's the number three ranked prospect, who's starting out in AAA, but is essentially ready to go. So they're expecting to call him up this season. So and Peraza, they wanted to, like the, the they want to start Peraza. So so I don't know how much of a leash IKF's going to be on. They're only paying him six million or seven million or whatever, and then and then so so and then you also are going to have. Oswaldo Cabrera, who can play multiple positions as well, because he's also a super utility player. So, that's, I just named J Donaldson, IKF, Glaber, Rizzo, DJ, Peraza, Peraza Volpe, Cabrera. That's eight players for four positions on the field. Now, the other problem Donaldson plays great defense. Great defense. He cannot hit anymore. He is an absolute liability. There's no two ways about it. Is he that bad? He's bad. Look it up. Look it up right now. I am, because I don't remember. I, I remember he was not Oh, my God. Great, please, but... please don't embarrass yourself on the podcast. I love you to death. Look it up right now. I'm not now. saying that he's, like, good. I just don't remember him being that bad. Like, you're talking, like, last year? I'm talking about last year. Okay, I'm going to look this up in, uh, in real time. Yeah. Um, I'm pulling it up as soon as this ad for Brooklyn I mean, I summer camp. Yeah. Please, my I don't. I don't. All right. Yeah, he was no. He was below league average with the bat. Yeah. 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 Oh no, he was bad. Wow, yeah. Damn. He was bad. 
Wow, he had a 27% K not rate to, yeah. and a fucking 97 yeah. weighted runs created by Stamp. That's, yeah. yeah, that's not, really bad. Not Jesus to mention Christ. that the amount of times I had to watch this man think that he pimped a home oh. run and it ended up being somebody put together a compilation video. I saw of that. All the that was pimp, so funny. And it's so many. Like, I was watching, I was like, oh, this video will probably be like 20. It's like a 45 second long video. I mean, it's like really close bad, to a yeah. minute. So. So um, they could have just now, had uh, they could have just had Gio or Shell. And then, uh, well, hold on. So and then <laughs> and like then at a time. <laughs> and so so that's a problem. Now I kind of would understand. Like I like here's the thing. Like no no Yankees fans Yankees fans don't have patience. But who gives a fuck what Yankees fans think? I can kind of see the logic if they're actually thinking about doing this. Because if you look at his other num if you look at his numbers before 2022, I kind of understand why they traded for him. Like if you look at his if you look at his numbers like the few years prior, yeah, no, it's he like fell he's off a, a clip this yeah. year. But I so will say, I can, age thirty six is like kind of the year. Right, so there you go. So there you go. That so players so, fall off the cliff. So so I, I can maybe see Cashman talking to himself and be like, well, you never know. We can give it a chance, but like, give me a fucking break. Now the problem is he's making twenty five million dollars a year, so you can't just bench him. All right. Well, but I would say you can with IKF. But okay, so so then so there we get go. Get his ass so, out of here. So then the next thing is IKF. IKF is not a good defensive shortstop. He is not yeah, a good defensive yeah, no, shortstop. That's true. And the argument that he is a good defensive shortstop is based on his defensive runs saved. And if we've learned anything, yeah. but no, based his apparently he had a decent DRS this year. But his outspeed above average is like horrible. No, that's above average so, is, is the better. Statistic. Yeah. So it's just like, and then the Yankees are like, well, we're looking at stats that you're not looking at. The stat that you're looking at is DRS, and that fucking scares me. Either you think that I'm an idiot, which I don't blame you. Or, <laughs> or you're an idiot and you're looking at DRS to judge a fielder because that's fucking terrifying. Okay. And then on top of that, he can hit but often doesn't or doesn't is not a good enough hitter to supplement the bad defense. Let's say it like that. Okay. He's not a good enough hitter to supplement the bad defense that he plays. So that's so that, there you go. That's the left side of your infield right there. Donaldson and IKF, and it's not working out. Then you have Glaber Torres. Glaber Torres. He's an anomaly. I've Glaber Torres is a definition of it. I got into an argument. I don't know if you saw this. Did you see this on Twitter? Oh God, I did not. But I'm not. I'm not shocked. <laughs> I got into it with a few Yankee fans on Twitter, which I have to stop. Yeah, um, I don't understand why you do that, but because um, basically uh, somebody was making the argument that the Yankees, regardless, they weren't saying regardless of the trade, they were just being like, you should be a little wary about trading Glaber. And I agree with that, yeah, obviously. I think that's, that's but true. I also think that's kind of like stating the obvious. Like, of course, you're going to be wary, but like, let's take everything into consideration. If the Yankees got a really good trade for Glaber Torres. You kind of have to pull the trigger. I love Glaber Torres. That's yeah, my I don't, guy. I don't know why. Like, I don't know what problem that solves. Like, so just okay. Let's just let's just take this like one player at a time, right? Because I think immediately, if you're talking about crowding the infield, immediately you can send down one of Cabrera, Peraza, Volpe. Like, you, like Volpe's all of them have options. Yeah, yeah, like all of them have options. So let's start there. Peraza, I think, has two, but I think Peraza has more upside. 
bullpen or uh, excuse me um Cabrera is like a utility player but doesn't really hit the ball hard he's not really he's great defensively but like there there's redundancy here right like IKF immediately get him out of my face I I don't need you don't need IKF to just admit that the trade was stupid and move on from IKF you're only keeping him at this point for your ego because IKF is not worth the juices like no nothing IKF has done should merit anything other than a bench spot and I'd rather give that spot to Donaldson or one of the rookies, right? Those are your future. So immediately IKF, get him out of here. Another one of the rookies you can put, you can bring down. Uh, I think you want to give the chance probably to Peraza, but if you, you can justify Cabrera. So there's, so immediately you get rid of two of these people. So pretty quickly, like, I think if Donaldson struggles and DJ LeMayhew's turf toe situation uh, figures itself out, um, you have... You have DJ at third, your shortstop is a rookie, uh, you have Glaber at second, and you have Rizzo at first. And, like, I honestly wouldn't think, I think that that's not terrible. And you have no, to, no, it's not. And uh, you have to remember, like, when you factor in the infield, we often forget about catcher, and they have an elite catcher. Who is, who is such an advantage? Like if any, right, I'm not. I'm not really. I'm, any I'm, team I'm you play, you're very likely yeah. to have a catcher that's worlds apart. Yeah, I'm excluding. I'm excluding ball. catcher, and and when I'm not even talking about like, I hear what you're saying, but they need another bat. I well, kind of yeah, think. Yeah, but but so like, this is what I'm saying. Like it's just like there's too there's too many like like Donaldson is a real conundrum because it's like you're paying him twenty five million dollars and like DJ. Like, the easy answer would be, like, okay, this is what Donaldson can play some days at DH, but what, are you going to put De- Donaldson in the lineup or like over Stanton? I don't think so. You know, you're going to put Donaldson in the lineup over DJ? I don't think so. So they're going to have to figure out something to do with him. Maybe they're just going to have to buy him out. I don't know. they got to get rid of IKF. They're going to have to trade him. Yeah, but he's, like, worth $6 million. I, I honestly, I know. I I just but, get, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Trade so, him and for like, nothing. And like, like, we're talking, do what James the honestly, McCann situation. We're, we're talking about this. Like, spring training hasn't even happened yet. Like They Player might, they might later, do this, like, like, in spring training or, like, right before spring training or whatever, like, so, he's a redundancy. Like, right. If, but the, at best. Well, the thing about Glaber that I was talking about is that Glaber is the definition of a streaky player, and his lows are more of a liability than his than his highs. Meaning, I'm not saying he's a liability. What I'm saying is is that his lows outweigh what he does when he's playing well. No, there's something to be said for not and knowing what you're going to get. Exactly. For, yeah. Because, like, when he's... Right. when he's Which, conversely, he's is, down, like, why Domingo Herman is right. adds value. So, yeah. and, like, people like to cherry pick and be like, well, this month he, uh, he did this, and then this month he did, like, he had this OPS, and then he had this OPS plus <laughs> in this month, and I'm like, okay, and he had, like, a 108 OPS plus on, like, on the season. So, so like, I don't really know what it amounts to. Yeah. Like, you know what I mean? It wasn't 108. It was a little bit higher than that, but still. So, my only point was is that if you get a trade for him, I would take it. He's, he's someone who, like, a good trade. He has two years of control left, and you have Volpe waiting to come up. So, there, something's going to have to give. One of the three are going to have to go. But what would you trade Glaber for? That's what, I, like, that's what I'm wondering. I would, like, I would, yeah, you, I, I don't think know. they need. I don't know. An I would trade option. it. Yeah, I would trade him for a bat. But. I don't know if that's I know solved. that the I know that the I know like, he's streaky, but I don't think that's enough of a like. I know you, it's you, tough, like, but then like, but, the, but like we also have to take into consideration that they have Volpe and Peraza waiting in the wings, and like, sure, you don't know what they're gonna give you, but like, 
Volpe's the number th- three prospect in all of baseball. You know, like Glaber Torres. If you're trying to win now and you're talking about like, oh, this uh, like this infield is not doing enough offensively and then you trade someone for a rookie, that doesn't really solve the problem. But I think, I don't think Glaber's the problem, honestly. I no, think, I don't think Glaber's the problem either. I'm I, just saying like, if you were to choose like, okay, what do I have to move? I'm saying, what where can you get the most value back? And if you did get a good offer for Glaber, let's say the Pirates, whatever reason, decided to be like, oh, we'll give you Brian Reynolds for Glaber Torres. You have, to take, you have to make that trade. I don't know if that necessarily does that much, though. Like, maybe in terms of consistency, but, it like, would, Glaber it, Torres is a good fuck. Like, if you look under the hood at Glaber bro, Torres... Bro, I love Glaber, bro. Like, it's hard it's, for me to make this argument. I no, love no, no. Glaber. What I'm saying, if you look at Glaber Torres, I do agree he's streaky, which doesn't show, like, necessarily the numbers in terms of, like, you know, the peripherals, like, hard hit rate and things like... Like, he... He, there's nothing that he doesn't do well, like, or well, like above average, essentially. Like he's just, there's, you look at the hard hit rate, you look at his, uh, what he can do against like breaking balls, like fastballs, like there's no like strikeouts, walks, like there's nothing he does when you look at that glares back at you. Like, oh, this is clearly a hole. There's no holes in the profile. He just did really poorly. And like. I or like a, for a big chunk of last year. Yeah, because he to also the point, had months where he did really well. To the point where, strange. yeah, and to the point where he was batting like he like you remember in the beginning of the year like he was benched all the time, batting like sixth or fit like it was weird. And so I think Glaber, what I think people don't realize is like we remember you bring this up all the time that like projection that came out like five years ago about like from MLB about like Glaber Torres like projections for the next four years and I know and I 40 home runs each year it's like crazy if you look at him relative to just like just look at him he is a good fucking second baseman who has a few years left of control in his prime he's a good defender exactly he hits the ball well like he's a good hitter like that's my point so I think what you need to do is you need to go out and trade yeah maybe for a Reynolds but worry about getting a, a single offensive upgrade Right, in exactly. Yeah. And that don't de- don't detract. Well, the thing is, why it's not going to be in the infield though. They would have to trade for a left fielder. Um, because you couldn't trade so like, like like Peraza, Cabrera. Listen, listen, listen. I would if you got. I mean, the Yankees. Who's the t- player? Who's I, the player? You know what I mean? Well, like, like it would have to be someone like really fucking good. I'm not trading Peraza and Volpe for Brian Reynolds. It's not happening. No, no, but at the same time, though, I do think that the Yankees have been mixed about like which players they've decided to keep and which players they've decided to trade. They have, and then that, and that's why it's like in terms of criticism, they're getting fucked right now because these are actually two players that they shouldn't just trade for anybody. There's players in the in the past that where it was like, you know what, like Andujar. Give me a fucking break. Andujar wasn't the number three ranked prospect in baseball. Andujar no, was like but, number ninety seven. Sure, they could have fucking traded Miguel Andujar if they really wanted to. Yeah, like yeah, we right. the fans okay, were overvaluing. Yeah, you know what I mean? The organization has a responsibility to like be aware of what their true potential is. And like Andujar is a good player, but like he just we hung on to him forever. Like Volpe and Peraza, Peraza is like twenty seven in the pipeline, and and Volpe's three, and Dominguez is twenty eight. Like these aren't guys that you're just going to give away for for Brian Reynolds. I'm sorry, Brian Reynolds is a good player. He's not. I, doesn't demand a Juan Soto type trade. No, no, I don't think that's a Juan Soto type trade. But no, no, they no, would have to add more. They would, they would have to. Like, uh, yeah, exactly. Yeah. No, yeah, yeah. Um, but I think that I don't. I honestly, off the top of my head, can't tell you like a specific trade. Well, listen. But yeah. like, if <clears> they <throat> went out and got uh, Jerickson Profar, that's just money. Jerickson Profar. 
He's good. He's a platoon player, but he's very Bro, good with, for the with the platoon. I went ham on someone on this the other day, and, and I got like fucking like ninety seven likes on it or something. Let me let me pull it up. He's a, a, a splits guy. Is literally the opposite. Like we need to learn. Those who do not learn from history are doomed to repeat it. Jerickson Profar is a guy who just came off of one really good season after playing 10 years in the league where he's accumulated such a tiny war. Have you seen his... He has like a six war over like 11 years played in the league. That's alarming. I'm yeah. pulling up his fan graphs right now. <clears throat> yeah, well, all I know is... I'll it it's it for Yeah, for... I think that <clears throat> it's... it's uh, if you look at... He has a six war and he's been in the league since 2012. Yeah, I mean, most of now it he is... Now, he missed three years due to injury. Yeah, so that but plays a part. right, but I'm saying at this point in the offseason, you're not going to, like, find, you know, uh, uh, you know a, right. a, a great option. And so I'm saying that, like... But I would rather run out, as insane as this sounds, Oswaldo Cabrera and Aaron Hicks than sign Profar. Um, I mean... That's an insane statement, but no. I would. Because... Listen, I'm the last person on the Aaron Hicks train. I didn't get off. I'm still on it, okay? I have not gotten off it. Now, what does that mean? When people say that, people think that you're saying that you still think Aaron Hicks can be a great player. I absolutely do not think Aaron Hicks can be a good player. I still think that he has a little bit of value left in him. And he just, and he has the yips. He had the yips. It happens sometimes. The yips are a real fucking thing. And, but the guy is an on-base God, or at least he was. He's the king of walks, and he played good defense for the majority of his career. That shit just doesn't go away all of a sudden when you're 32 years old or 31 years old. I mean, I, this is anyway. Before I don't want to like get lost in like some of these ridiculous hot takes like Aaron Hicks. My main point is that all these things relate. We named three guys in the Yankees in the Yankees infield. Donaldson, IKF, Glaber, who are all question marks offensively. Glaber not nearly as close as the other two. Donaldson and IKF are big question marks. IKF defensively and pretty much offensively. And Donaldson definitely offensively. Glaber, streaky hitter. So that's three hitters right there. Then you have Oswaldo Cabrera, who I love. He's not the best hitter in the world, but he's a, he's a decent player. He just player. doesn't hit the ball hard enough. He doesn't hit the ball hard enough. So, good defense, not a great bat. Aaron Hicks is just like, I mean, I mean I'm mean, i surprised that he's even going to be on the starting roster. That's what they say. I don't even know if that's going to be the case. Mm-hmm. I wouldn't be mad if he was. But I just named Donaldson, IKF, Glaber, Aaron. That's five players that are all big offensive holes, yeah. potentially. That's a problem uh, entering the season. Now, that being said... I do also think that the Yankees can kind of ride it out until the deadline. I don't know. So here's the problem. And I, and I remember this was this happened to the Mets in 2020. Now, granted, they were run by Brody Van Fuckface. But and there was it, also 60 games. Yeah, but it, this happens a lot. Where it's like, how many big trades do you see before the deadline? Like, in the, in the early parts of the season. It's not... I, like, I don't know why it's not talked about that often. Like, it's pretty... I would say rare, honestly, to see a big trade that solves a problem, that fixes a hole, prior to maybe at least the, the second month of the season. Like, 
it's rare. It's hard. Once the train starts, it's like they say, you can lose a division in uh, April and May, but you can't win it. That's kind of like, that is a common problem in MLB where you see these teams start to like struggle and you lose ground. And then it's like, unless you pull like a Braves 2022, it's really hard to get out. So it's like, I mean, we talked about this last year. I know where this is, was pitching how great the Yankees rotation was and they were, but why are you going and getting a Montas at the deadline? Like, yeah, you can argue like, yeah, it was just to bolster an already good rotation, but you're still It was why are you getting Montas like, and trading Montgomery, but they did get Bader. And I think Bader is going to be yeah, but super, especially because sure, but they were still seeking pitching. Like there still wasn't right, right. Need. Yeah, they like, were trying to get Lopez from the Marlins, and also it was kind of more like a a glorified like more than depth, but it, there was a need there for some quality innings and like a you know you shouldn't have to go. I'm not saying they had to, but you shouldn't like rely on that. And I think what you're looking at with this there, there's a, a kind of a big a worry. I think is like, sure, it could all work out. Would not be shocked if the Yankees are great. Like, like out of the gate, everything's firing on all cylinders. Maybe not everything, but there's enough good to outweigh the bad, vice versa. But I think that there's also the possibility a lot of these things don't work out, like, specifically in the infield, like yep. some of the names you mentioned. I agree 100%. And then, like, a two months in or a month into yep. the season, and you're like, wait, why are the Bro. Yankees within, like, five games of first place. Let me tell you something really quickly. I think that's a realistic possibility that they could have avoided. Yankees fans are so interesting because every year it's always, oh, my God, all these different issues that are wrong with the team. I can't believe that this is what the Yankees did, who they signed, who they didn't get, blah, 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 blah. Always pointing out every flaw. The vibe going into this season is pretty chill. I, I have heard noticed that. A, I'm not really a sure lot of complaining. On, yeah. It's because they got Rondon. Or Rodon. Rodon. Well, I Rodon. also think it's because the, the... How the, the fuck do you say his name? Rodon. It's Rodon. Yeah, I okay. think it's... I do think it's also, though, like, we kind of are shaped by these narratives that happen. I do think that the Mets just stole a lot of the oxygen from, like, reporters. Like That's a good point. But I but I do... But the... like the, the But around the Yankees, the general feeling... No, I, I actually like, kind they're of They're going to win the division. And, I, like, I, they're going to, like, you know what I mean? They're, like, yeah. much better. And, like... But... But... At the same time, like that's that kind of scares the shit out of me, and I think everything that we've stated, just to bring this full circle, I think yeah. kind of highlights the fact that I do think that their offense is a bigger is a bigger. I think they're I think they're both issues, but I think if you were to weigh them on a scale, the offense is a bigger issue just because it was such an issue last year, um, and the amount of players that we've named that are either looking for a spot to get everyday playing time. Because that's another thing. These play, play, Baseball players are creatures of habit. You have yeah. to get them consistent at-bats. No, yeah. And if they don't get consistent at-bats, it can drastically fuck their season up. I think that happened with Glaber. Okay. Yeah, that happened with Glaber a lot. Um, Last year, yeah. Yeah, it's happened with a lot of players that have come through the Yankees. So that kind of scares me. And then it's just like, and then again, we named like Donaldson, IKF, Glaber, um, Hicks, Cabrera. It's just like, that. there's a lot of like, little run production coming out of that and and it's getting too late to make a big change yeah yeah yeah, yeah. The, the the yeah and it's i getting late early. yeah it's getting late early uh the, i do think the yankees slipped up when they didn't sign ben Attendi. i think that would have helped out a lot um but it would have still we would have still entered the season with some risk but it would have helped a lot i mean the, the risk would have been tamped down some a bit um you're i don't know if i would have signed ben Attendi to five years but 
still, regardless. Um, so, so yeah, I'm after this conversation, I'm a little worried, actually. <laughs> I was, like, not as worried. <laughs> I was kind of, like, on the, like, we'll be fine, lights rain. But now after this conversation, I am not feeling so great. Because, I feel like um, around this time of year, though, you always get a little be, bit, like... I know, it's February like, 1st. Baseball is going to be back pretty fucking soon. And, um... And I, I'm, I mean, it's just, it's their offense, man. I mean, they think about how much their offense got carried last year in the first half by Matt fucking Carpenter, who yeah. came literally out of nowhere, and by Aaron yeah, Judge, yeah. and then by Aaron Judge, who was having one of the best seasons that we've seen in the past 50 years. Yeah. And the best season since Bonds in, like, 92 or whatever. Like, those are two factors that you cannot account for that literally happened once in the blue moon and they and lightning struck twice and they still got swept by the Astros, which I think then showed like I think the Yankees are head and shoulders better than every other team in the American League besides the Astros. Uh, I don't think that's true. Head and shoulders? I don't think that's true. Well, but they kind of, I mean... I think you could say that they're, around, like... Maybe Head & Shoulders is strong. You're right. Maybe Head & Shoulders but, is strong. But I do think the Yankees are the second best team in the American League. And I think that's a definitive statement. Okay. Well, but I also think there's a lot of fucking risk with them going into the season. All right. A lot of risk. You want to talk bracket? All right. Let's do bracket and let's wrap up. Yeah. Well, so, if you are unaware, prior to the You've been sleeping start, under a rock. Prior to the start of the season, we... Drafted the idea, the 2023 loaded bases free agent prediction tracker. We assign points to the guests. So the bracket again is uh, we pick the top 27, 20, you know, 30 uh, starting or free agents. Um, the scoring field is correct team years within one uh, and uh, within 10 million, you get 10 points. That's your guess. Correct team is five points. Uh, correct dollars exactly is four points. Correct dollars within 15 million is two points. Uh, correct years exactly is three points. Correct dollars exactly is four points. Correct dollars within 15 million is two points. Correct years exactly is three points. Uh, correct years within one point. Uh, correct years within one is one and a half points. And closer than your opponent uh, is 0.5 points. So. We went through last time the pitchers. Uh, Alessandro had 26 points. Uh, I had 21. And now right. we are going to relievers. Today we're going to talk shortstops and relievers because not all the catchers have signed. Gary Sanchez, he's still a free agent. Completely forgot before today. Uh, and a lot of the outfielders are unsigned. And some of the first basemen are unsigned. So we're going to talk. Yeah, I don't understand that. Gary, come home. All right. Um, anyway. Gary, so. I was wrong. I was wrong. I messed up and now you're gone. Dun, 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 dun. That's a bop. Um, all right. So the only two relievers that we guessed are Aroldis Chapman and Seth Lugo. Because, like, I'm not going to spend that much time. I don't think either of us had Chapman I, going to the Royals. No. So, and I also don't think either of us put more than, like, eight seconds into this one, honestly. Yeah, true. So, um, where is it? Okay. So. Gary, I'm sorry I neglected you. Seth no Lugo. 
expected you to run away and leave me. How do you remember? This empty. I don't understand how you remember. Like, my memory is like disturbingly insane. Interesting. Yeah, continue. Okay, so Seth Lugo signed with the Padres, uh, fifteen million over two years. Uh, I guessed eleven million over one year, uh, and you guessed twenty-three million over two years. What so, was I, I don't really know. <laughs> um, you got fifteen over two. Yeah. Wait. Whoa. 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 Hold on. Wait. So uh, I got four points. For what? For Seth Lugo. Okay. What is because, that? Why? Uh, because. I want to know why. Yeah, sure. So, I want to know why. I got, I was closer in terms of. Um, yes. Or years, dollars. Dollars. But. We both guessed two, though. No, you guessed no, one. I guessed, I guessed one. Two. So I was correct years within one, which is 1.5. And I was closer, which is two. However, you were closer in years. Or no, you had years exactly. Correct years exactly, which is three points. Yes, sir. And you had correct dollars within fifteen million. But oh wait, now that I'm no, I didn't. No wait, yes. See. Oh yeah, I was right. Okay, you got correct years exactly, and then correct dollars within fifteen million. So that's okay. five. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you got five there. Then Aroldis Chapman, he signed with Kansas City for three point seven five million over one year. Um, I got five and a half points on that one. I was reviewing this, and I can do the math right now, but it's... You don't have to. Okay, but you got 1.5. What did I guess? Boston, $30 million for two years. Am I insane? I, 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 was watch, I was looking at that. We did it at the same time, so I'm not... What dust did I decide to wake up and smoke? Yeah, so I for... embarrass myself like that? For this one, you got not, I got 9.5 points, and you got 6.5. You got 9 points? Oh, oh, oh. You're Overall, yeah. Yeah, yeah. So if you tally it up from this point, from last time to now, it's still... I have 42 points, and you have 46.5. Let's go! Keeping our leads staying alive, baby. That's what I'm talking about. However, we now have to go to <laughs> the... Uh, Wait, I thought that was it. No, because then we're going to do shortstops. Oh. Uh, you think I was just going to do relievers? That's uh, two fucking players. Um, okay, so... Shortstops, all right, let's go. Yep, all right. So, uh, Trey Turner. I was... He, he signed for $300 million over 11 years. I guess $300 million over nine years. And you guessed 380 over 10. So you were within um, 380 over 10. So you were uh, within... You should get points for AAV or some shit like that. Although that would fill it in account. You should have been more involved in the process. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) So you did not get the correct team. Uh, You did not get the dollars exactly. Uh, you did not get the correct dollars within 15. All right, why don't you just shit all over me while you're at it? You did not get the correct years. You did not get the year within one. I got the year within one. Oh, wait, oh yeah, you did. That's why you got 1.5 points. Okay. Um, okay, Carlos Correa. Like, I got 0.5 points because he ended up getting, I guessed, the Giants. What did you get on Trey Turner? Trey Turner, I got 10.5 because. You got 10 points on Trey Turner? 10, yeah, because I was closer, so that's 0.5 points. And I met, the, the I met the correct team. I got the correct team is Philly. I got the years within one. Stop the steal. Stop got, the steal. Anyway, um, 
Wait, time out. The January sixth draft. Time out. No, hold on. Time out. This is this is. We need. We have an update. Correct team. You got Trey Turner. Was you said Philly? Yeah. Thank you. Hello. I knew something was wrong here. Yeah. So let's update this <laughs> real quick. So what did I get? So you. I had one point five. What does that bump it to? This is important. This is a big six point five. So six point. So it went from it was ten point five. Don't peek. What do you mean, peak? don't peek? This is I'll, a I'll show you. I'll, but we want to do it live okay, on cam. Sorry. You'll get to on look cam, at the board. Not on camera. I keep saying cam. It's a wish. It's a free. Right, we need to hurry up. We're pushing okay. It out. All right. Anyway, ten point five to six point five. Carlos Correa signed with the fucking Twins for two hundred million. Whole other topic. I guess San Francisco. <laughs> 30 million for 10 years, which was somehow closer because you said LA for 360 over 10 years and you got no points. So I was just closer. I got okay. half a point. Okay. Um, Xander Bogarts, uh, I got also got half a point and you got no points because you we, he signed with San Diego 280 over 11 years. Yeah. Nobody guessed that. Yeah, I got. I was technically yeah. closer. You got no points. I got half a point. What I got? Dansby Swanson. Okay, yeah. Well, I know I got Dansby, but I know I got something. So else. I guess so. He went with the Cubs for 177 over seven, and I guessed 160 over six with the Padres. I got 1.5 points. You got you guessed the Cubs, which was oh! and you got basically the trifecta. You got like the years within fifth, the mil, the years within or the dollars within 15. The years within one, because you guessed six and it was seven, um, and the right team. So you got 10.5 points. So you, I got, if you add up all the points, 13 points, and you got 17. Let's fucking go, basically. What is the tally up to? Okay, let me do that right now. Um, wow, I, I'm fucking hitting it out the park with this shit. Yeah, you're doing, you're doing well. All right. So I got Rendon, and I got Dansby. So we're gonna do this uh, equation live on, not camera on. Uh, should win something. Maybe like an Amazon gift card or something. An Amazon gift card. It is funny how the point allocation can work because you can like completely miss on like <laughs> like a few plays, but I guess that's how it's supposed to go though because you never. All right, I have fifty-five yeah. points. You have sixty-three point five points. We're feeling very confident about our lead over here at Team Dejanara. <laughs> And, um, you know, what it's about is it's about continuing to work hard and continuing to play the game the right way and uh, respecting your competitors. So, you have an um, eight-and-a-half-point lead. We feel confident in an eight-point-and-a-half lead, but we also understand that it, it ain't over till it's over. You know, I, I understand that this is a competition. It's a uh, marathon, not a sprint. Yeah, and sure. uh, I'm very confident that we could rally. Uh, there's a lot of game left, so... My supporters are very it, it confident. Is, it is, it is, it's a, I, I gotta, I gotta tip the cap to you a little bit though. It was a great idea because the way the point allocation is made up respects the fact that it is really tough to get it. Also, some of these, if you had guessed them, you're a fucking moron. Like, yeah. I'm sorry. Like, <laughs> if you had been like, Carlos Correa is going back to the twins yeah. for $200 billion. Yeah. Like, no, like, no, like, Xander Bogers is going to get 11, mil, like yeah, 11, 11 years. years. Like, what? So, all right. I'm predicting um, Aroldis Chapman to the Kansas City Royals. <laughs> for three for points. Four million dollars. Yeah. No, <laughs> it's like, yeah. yeah. So, anyway, um, that's that's our show. Uh, honestly, I know I hate to do this, like, 
beg for change, but uh, like, follow, subscribe, all that shit because it really helps us and I appreciate it. So, uh, as always, I'm Nick Wilson, Alessandro De Janeiro. Uh, that's it. That's that's all we got. Uh, come next week and we're gonna have a lot of fun. I don't know. That sounds like a weird way to end.